Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Chief Psychology. My name is Dante Rates. Scotty Bryant. And please enjoy today's episode. Thank you. All right, so today's episode is Week 5 App Addiction. Today we're going to be talking about how app developers use your psychology and your behavioral habits to keep you addicted to their apps. Scotty Bryant? We, yes, um, we are constantly being manipulated by these apps that we use all the time like Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. Um, they use all kinds of different kind of algorithms and, um, and likes, views, coins, gems, all kinds of like reward systems to get us to keep checking our phones and keep looking for updates. For BBC News, Azaraskin, the inventor of the infinite scrolling mechanism used by many apps today, says that infinite scroll doesn't give your brain enough time to keep up with your senses. And that's exactly what the app developers want, so that's pretty scary. Because things such as likes, notifications, they're feeding into our behavioral instincts, making us form habits that keep us addicted to their apps. Behind every app are engineers deliberately trying to keep you addicted. Scotty? A former Facebook executive says, The short-term dopamine-driven feedback loops that we have created are destroying how society works. Which that means, like, um, through social media, we're like kids are today are forming feelings of anxiety, alienation, depression, and um, it and also causes distractions while driving and from your real life. Like, people get so distracted and caught up in these apps and things. And people pay too much attention that, like, to others instead of themselves, mm-hmm. which again goes back to the depression and anxiety. I completely agree, Scotty. You know, you see apps, let's take Instagram for example. I can really see how that can propagate someone's uh, feelings of depression and isolation. Because even though it's meant to connect you with other people, you're not actually talking to them or seeing their emotions. Really what you're seeing is a timeline of all of their highlights, every good aspect that they want to show off. You're not seeing their sadness, you're not seeing their issues, so when someone with depression goes on an app like that, what do they see? They see everyone else, all of their friends, living better lives than them. They see people who look better than them. They see people who are having more fun while they're on their bed, on their phone, but really... Life isn't like that, you know, there's a lot more to social interaction than looking at pictures of other people, pictures that they deliberately put up there for you to see. So I can definitely see how that would exacerbate problems such as depression, anxiety, etc. So other apps that do this type of... uh, Psychological conditioning are YouTube and Twitter, things such as suggestions. You ever notice that when you're looking at an app for something, you never really stay there for just what you need. You always stay there a little bit longer, a little bit more. It's because they're always putting things in your face that keep you stuck to the app. So they figure out what it is you like, they look at your habits, and really they tease you with it. It's like if you were to get a piece of cake and put it on a string and dangle it in front of someone. It's just so tempting. So 
Other apps include games. So games really rely on this type of conditioning and behavior manipulation. Take Clash of Clans, for example. You know, you know how these types of apps, they make you wait. They put these times on things. So five hours till you get a new this or three hours till you get this. They do that on purpose. And really what it does is it keeps you coming back. If they would give you everything instantly, if you could get to that next level instantly, there would be no gratification. You wouldn't stay on the app. And even things such as in-app purchases, take it gems, coins, in Clash of Clans case, builders, they want you to spend money not because you want to spend money, but because you feel like you need to spend money in order to continue your experience. So, Scotty, why don't you talk about things like Candy Crush and other apps? Yes, um, games like Candy Crush and like Clash Clans like you're talking about use algorithms and stuff like, um, for, they make, they make limits, like waiting limits, waiting times Mm -hmm. that makes people want to spend more money so they can like skip it. And, um, they make these like, um, and um, with Candy Crush, they um, add more like rounds and stuff. But some are so they make it so hard where you can't pass the rounds that you without ha- buying something. Yeah, that you have to like buy. You have to. Pay, it's like a paywall. You know, like mm-hmm. it's pay to win. Even like games like regular video games now, like they're starting to come out. Like the Call of Duties, the Battlefields and stuff. They're making microtransactions like loot boxes, like game basically online gambling. Yeah, and it's not even just uh, you know pay to win in Candy Crush. Because if they made you pay for every round, you would just delete the app. They, they make them easy, and then you come across one challenging one, and you're just like, oh, I don't get this one. I guess I have to pay, and then I can continue playing the game I, I, I love. So you pay for that one, one round because it's too hard. Then you'll get like 12 ones that are actually on the level that you're at, and then they'll throw you with another curveball, you know, here, you can pay to skip this level if you want, and of course you're going to pay for it. Of course you will. It's it's all intentional. They want you to fall for these types of things. This is definitely a big problem that we're going to have to face in the next few years because... With all of the teenage depression, suicide, and anxiety rates going up, we really have to take action. I mean, it's not healthy to promote things such as uh, smartphone addiction, app addiction. Really, we we do kind of glorify it. I mean, we say this app is so addicting and as if it's a good thing, but I think it's something that needs to be acknowledged. And I think if we start working towards this and maybe even just spreading more awareness about it, we can really improve the way that we think about social media, the way that we think about our apps, and make it'll be a lot more healthy for us as a whole. So my name is Dante Rates. I'm Scotty Bryant. And thanks for watching Chief Psychology. We will see you next time. Thank you. Welcome back to Chief Psychology. Today we are going to be doing our week 8 podcast on extrinsic versus intrinsic motivation. My name is Dante Rates. My name is Scotty Bryant. 
and we hope you enjoy today's episode. To start off, let's find out where our motivation comes from. So Scotty, are you more intrinsically or extrinsically motivated, and why or how? I'm more intrinsically motivated because um, I don't I don't really do anything for other people. That, I know it sounds bad, but I don't. Um, I'm trying to just make my own way, you know, and get success and all that stuff. And how about you? Well, that's really pretty interesting because success is something that everyone strives for, but it's kind of hard to describe what success is. I mean, everyone has a different definition. But I would say that I'm probably intrinsically motivated, but I think all of us are extrinsically motivated in some way or another. I mean, there's always things I do that are for reward of some sort, whether I'm trying to get a certain score on a test or maybe I'm trying to get a job. Sometimes there are things that you need in terms of a reward in order to get things done, such as a payment or a a grade to help you get somewhere that you need to go. But I do think intrinsic motivation is very important because you need to be able to motivate yourself without having any reason for it, because sometimes you're not going to have anything but yourself to rely on. For me, intrinsic motivation is more um, rewarding as a person, like as an individual, because you're trying to um, better yourself without like anyone else trying to make you do it. You're trying to do it for yourself. Wouldn't you agree? I do agree. And I think another thing about intrinsic motivation is the thing that makes it so powerful is that it's really not easy. I mean, it's actually pretty hard to motivate yourself. That's why extrinsic motivation is what's used most of the time. We should really be trying to use intrinsic motivation in our lives more than we do, but it's actually pretty difficult. I mean, if you actually sit there and try and muster up some some form of inspiration to push you to keep going, it's actually not an easy task. I agree, because, like, another example of, like, intrinsic because like, me getting up in the morning to go to school. Like, I hate waking up in the mornings. That's, like, one of the worst things for me, because I just sit there, and I just have to, like, make reasons to get up in the morning to go to school. And I remember that if I don't pass, I don't graduate. Like, if I don't go to school, I won't graduate, you know? So, in a way, it's both intrinsic and extrinsic, because you extrinsically are getting a reward for doing it but to even want the reward you kind of need to use your intrinsic thinking and kind of think why why am i doing this what am i trying to get out of it how is it good for me exactly and um another example would probably be like um of an extrinsic is playing video games like you're trying to get an award right you're trying to like win the game wouldn't you agree Oh, I agree completely, yeah. 